Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from the big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, sir. I found a way around you. Don't take me higher. Last time, the way I loved you, you just wound up tired. I'm there when I need to carry you through it. Stay back and get on track, cause I can't have you ruined. I said, hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. I said, hold on. Hello and welcome back to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. And we are back in action for our fourth and final conference preview as we discuss uh, probably the one that we've been excited for since we started, the 4A Big 8. Uh, this is a conference that features the reigning 4A state champion in the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars, as well as the Belvern and Leopards, a team that maybe could be thinking and have aspirations of that themselves. Jeremiah, welcome back to the podcast. How excited are you for today? I'm so amped up. I, I, I can feel like running through a brick wall right now. Love covering the Big A Conference. Um, one of my favorite conference, second favorite, next to Tri County South. That's where my heart belongs, Nathan. You know that. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. Looking forward to this year. Should be another exciting year. Um, as you mentioned, we got not only the defending 4A state champs, uh, but the two-time defending 4A state champs um, in Thomas Jefferson Jaguars, um, as well as uh, HML. Belvern and Leopards, and uh, uh, McKeesport as well. McKeesport, who upset Thomas Jefferson last year, the only team to beat TJ. Um, and don't forget a guy by the name of Rodney Gallagher. Don't know if you ever heard of him. He's pretty good. But yeah, it should be it should be fun conference to cover again this year. Um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. And I was you basically did it yourself, but I was about to ask you, um, you know, recapping last season in this conference in four A, the Big Eight. I mean, we we, we there were storylines all across the season. You know, there was never a dull week. Obviously, opening up the season with the shutout, Belvern and twenty nothing at McKeesport really shocked the entire Whipple world. You know, going into the season, Belvern was kind of on the backswing. You know, they had a ton of graduating seniors from the year before um, and that was a game that we both looked at and said you know McKeesport's probably the favorite because of McKeesport the triple option coming down from 5A and everything and Bell Vernon just put out and put a statement on in that week one but uh, you know what were your overall you know thoughts throughout last season how it all played out how the Bell Vernon TJ game went you know Trinity's resurgence Laurel Highlands at the end of the year looking pretty good uh, you know top to bottom what were your expectations yeah, my expectations, um, I figured Thomas Jefferson would um, repeat as WPIL champs. I didn't know if they could repeat as um, state champs. Um, I thought the team with Shane Stump was a lot more 
um, impressive, a lot better. But, you know, Jake Pugh came in, Preston Sandier, along with others, you know, um, Devon Van Bitter and um, Connor Merger come to mind. Um, they really helped carry the way with that team. Um, Bell Vernon shocked me. I didn't think that – I thought that would be a tough week one matchup against McKeesport. Um, the defense really stepped up. Um, Cole Waitman um, came up big. Um, Devin Whitlock. And then later in the year, we didn't really talk much about this guy till late in the year. Now this guy's one of the best players for his class in the country, and Quentin Martin, which we didn't really talk about much until the Trinity game. Um, Nathan last year so um, yeah all around then like I said you know Laurel Highlands you know not a lot going on there but um, they got like I said they got a guy by the name of Ronnie Gallagher um, and he's, he's pretty good not only at football but basketball so could be really interesting to hear from him I think there's a potential storyline there um, you know he's getting only got two more years left of high school he's going to have to pick at some point whether he's going to play college football or college basketball so um, and I think this season could determine that as well. Yeah, I mean, there were interesting storylines all across this conference. And uh, one of the biggest uh, last season was Bell Vernon. And you look even at, you know, the playoff run that they went on, beating Chartiers Valley at home, you know, decisively, and then having a matchup with Aliquippa. And that game in of itself was a story, which I'm sure we'll get to here shortly. Uh, but the Bell Vernon Leopards, let's jump into it now. Hell, mighty Leopards, do your job, lay a brick. Uh, you know, Devin Whitlock back at quarterback. Quentin Martin now going to get his lion's share of the carries. Ryan Hamer back in the backfield as well. I mean, Bell Vernon comes back stacked with weapons and skill position players. No doubt about it. You know, might be the best skill position players in this conference. I mean, we'll get to Thomas Jefferson here in a second, but uh, you know, you know, leading receiver Tanner Steber back, uh, Riley Wyant on the outside as well. You know, we're, we're looking to see him maybe take an elevated role at receiver. Uh, Bell Vernon coming back with a loaded team, but you know, kind of weaker along the trenches. Uh, what are you looking at here from the Leopards? Yeah, explosiveness, explosiveness, explosiveness. Um, in my opinion, the best one-two punch in the whole WPIL uh, in Devin Willock and Quentin Martin. Um, that 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 itself is just scary. It makes the it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I'm sure it does for defensive coordinators across 4A. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be an explosive offense, high scoring, and the defense is going to be fine. The trenches are going to be fine. Um, they always find ways to uh, reload at those positions. And, you know, that's what Coach Matt Humbert's done at Bell Vernon since he's been there. Um, And uh, who knows? Maybe this will be the year that they uh, get past uh, Thomas Jefferson and win a WPL championship. And, you know, they are graduating, you know, Nate Farley, uh, guys guys along the line, Anthony Evans, Dakota Marion, these guys that were, you know, such a stable group of guys for years along the defensive line. Uh, there are guys coming back, though. You're talking about, you know, Dane Levi on the offensive line, uh, Ryan McGrew on both sides, uh, a guy like Joe Clancher, who's kind of a tweener between the linebacker and defensive end spot, you know, and, maybe, and then at linebacker, you know, they lose Ian Maloney, but they come back with Riley White and Cole Waitman, who are, you know, two of that 
three-headed monster last season at linebacker. So it's going to be exciting. I mean, this defense is going to be wholesale better, most likely. The, the You know, the secondary is absolutely stacked. You got Logan Cunningham back as at cornerback, which might be one of the best cornerbacks we cover, you know, in general. Uh, this is going to be an exciting season for Bell Vernon, and there's going to be a storyline every single week for them. Uh, but the biggest storyline every single season for Bell Vernon, and here's the question is it finally the year, Jeremiah? Um, I'd rather hold that answer to the end of the podcast. Ask me again at the end. I'd rather hold it till okay. the end. I, I think that's okay. fair. I'd rather hold that to the end. I mean, you know, it's definitely going to be what, if for a month before even the game is played, we're going to be talking about Bell Vernon on the beach hosting the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars. I mean, there's no other game that com- that compares to... You know, the hype around what that game is going to be. Uh, but Bell Vernon, you know, they don't have an easy schedule leading up to it. I mean, they host West Allegheny. That's going to be a scrimmage. Um, so you don't really need to schedule that, you know, a, a super difficult out-of-conference week zero game with the schedule they have. You know, at Chargers Valley hosting Penn Trafford. I mean... Penn Trafford is going to be a good football team. Maybe, you know, if you put Thomas Jefferson in 5A, those teams might be pretty close. You know, uh, I don't know who would be better in that scenario. Chargers Valley is a team that is way on the upswing. They're going to be a much better team than what Bell Vernon saw in the playoffs last season. So what are your opinions here of this out-of-conference schedule even leading up to the Thomas Jefferson game? Yeah, it's definitely going to be, be difficult. I mean, even if West A is just a scrimmage, um, you know, they got uh, Auburn baseball commit Gavin Miller, who's one of the best quarterbacks of the state of Pennsylvania. That's going to be a tough hand. Like I said, it is a scrimmage, though. Yeah, and like you said, we'll be there. That's our game of the week on September 3rd at Chartiers Valley. Um, Chartiers Valley, definitely a better team now than they were in the playoffs. Um, they're The guys coming back are a year older. They're going to be hungry, um, and they're going to be hungry to defeat the Leopards that night. Um, yeah, and then Penn Trafford, you know, Penn Trafford's got, um, Cade Iacomelli. He, you know, he's the, um, really breakout star this year. You know, he's been very good at what he's done at Penn Trafford, um, last year. Um, you know, he's got the interesting story. He, um, went to a camp up in Wisconsin, um, and Coach Paul Chris liked what he saw. He offered him a scholarship right there, and a couple weeks later, he commits to Wisconsin. So um, he went from having, I believe, no Division One offers or just a couple to getting his first Power Five offer, and then he commits. Um, so it's a great story for him, um, and that's just one of the many great athletes on this Penn Trafford football team. So that's going to be a tough one. Um, and then they get – um, at West Mifflin, and then they head to Thomas, or they host Thomas Jefferson, excuse me. That'll be our game of the week for sure then, and that'll be the big one, as it is every year. Is this the Bell Vernon team that's going to be Thomas Jefferson? You'll hear my opinion later in the podcast on that one. That's all I'm going to say. That's how I'm going to finish it. All right. Uh, you know, and for a team that had four, uh, four out of seven games last season away. They only got three away this season, and it's Ringgold and West Mifflin for two of them. So really, you know, their toughest away game is going to be the Chargers Valley game in week one, and the rest of the way um, they can kind of have fun at the beach and do their thing. So, and the, that last game also, you know, this is a thing that Thomas Jefferson did last year for sure, overlooking McKeesport. Don't do it. If Bell Vernon ends up, you know, beating Chargers Valley, beating Thomas Jefferson, 
they still got they can't just coast to the end of the season for sure. That McKee Sport game is going to be must see uh, must see uh, on the field, I guess, for us. But um, you know, a, a, you know, Thomas Jefferson did last year, and McKeesport is going to be hungry for that game after that shutout loss the season before. So we'll get into Bell Vernon more before we, um, you know, pick the conference standings at the end of the podcast. But yeah, such an exciting team to be able to cover, um, and it's going to be fun to watch them play. Watch, you know, Devin Whitlock make crazy plays, Quentin Martin long touchdown carries. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. All right, now let's jump into the Laurel Highlands Mustangs, uh, a team that was, you know, very underwhelming last season. I mean, we went into that Albert Gallatin away game saying, hey, Laurel Highlands should take care of business. Albert Gallatin, historically, a lower program, right? You you expect Rodney Gallery to run over them, and that did not happen at all. Albert Gallatin came out showing their, triple, their new triple option offense, and it went badly. I mean, Laurel Highlands defense got completely run over that game Rodney Gallagher you know splitting time between quarterback and wide receiver not great but toward the end of the season it shaped up you know they ended up beating Trinity in their home finale uh, to finish out the year so definitely exciting for Laurel Highlands what are your opinions here of the Mustangs heading into this 2021 season and Rodney Gallagher's junior year yeah, big things. Where Roger, where's Rodney Gallagher going to play? Is he going to be quarterback? Is he going to be running back? Is he going to be wide receiver? Who knows? Um, the one, one position we know he's going to play, he's going to be playing defensive back somewhere um, in the secondary for Laurel Highlands on the defensive side. But as far as the offense goes, where is he going to go? Is there going to be different packages? Are we going to see him at quarterback one play, running back another, and then wide receiver the next? Who knows? Um it'll be really interesting to see. And I hope he doesn't get worn out um, for, for me being a fan of basketball. And he's a local guy. I love going to see Ronnie Gallagher play basketball. Of course, we know he led Laurel Highlands to a five, a basketball championship as a freshman. Um, you know, will he have that same success at Laurel Highlands? Maybe not this year, but um, you know, he's definitely a, a wrecking ball out there as a football player. It's going to be, I just think that's so interesting to see is where is he going to be? And he's going to stay there all season. So uh, definitely going to have my eyes on uh, Laurel Highlands for for that matter, for sure. As most people are, he's ranked in the top 60 uh, in most rankings for his uh, graduating class in football. And he's top 100 in basketball as well. So going to be an interesting uh, topic coming up if we see um, Ronnie Gallagher finally pick because um, I don't figure he'll play both in college, although it's up to him, but um, I don't figure we'll see him play both, so it'll be interesting to see what sport he's going to pick. Yeah, as far as him playing quarterback, I don't see that happening this year. I mean, It could happen, for sure. I mean, they led through that in last offseason. They led through the whole offseason with Rodney Gallagher planning to play quarterback, and then they got into the Albert Galaxy game, and you know he was running for his life a little bit. I mean, the protection was not there even when Joe Chambers was at quarterback. Uh, and having him as a weapon on the outside is something that no other team in this conference can compare to. Uh, but they also have, you know, Fairly decent players at receiver and tight end. I mean, DeMonte Kiss is definitely a good 1B option. Uh, Matt Lucas at tight end was a big play threat last year. Uh, But, you know, the question comes down to, to me, is can Joe Chambers be semi-competent at quarterback 
so Rodney Gallagher can do what he does best. Yeah, and, and that's going to be the big question, and he's going to have to be if this team's going to um, want to be a playoff team. Now, Nathan, remind me, how many teams make it um, in 4A from each conference? Is it three or is it four and a half? Uh, how many teams does this this team has or this conference has seven teams? So you have to assume four. Okay, so so I mean, if they want to be that last playoff team, you know, I mean, they got to still get past Willow, West Mifflin, and Trinity. You know, they still got to get past those two t- programs. So um, if Laura Highland's going to want to have that chance, yeah, he's going to have to be um, if they want Ronnie Gallagher as a playmaker, either running back or wide receiver position. Yeah, and. In- and when you're looking at the roster, you can't be certain that they're going to have that running back threat either because they they haven't had that running back threat for the last couple of years. They got two seniors in Ryan Pyro and Max Rockwell that, you know, if one of those guys could take a step up and really be a leader and be, you know, not a guy that's going to go out and get you five yards of carry, but even something like three would be an improvement of what they've seen because there hasn't been any production you know coming out of the backfield aside from Rodney Gallagher taking jet sweeps so that that has to be something where they they need to open up a passing game because right now Gallagher is getting double teamed against good teams and it's just not working out tremendously for the Mustangs but you know you mentioned how many playoff teams this team this conference is going to get in four and looking at the teams below them you know is Laurel Highlands going to be that team where they're just they're just right in the middle. Like they're better than Trinity and West Mifflin, but they're nowhere close to anyone above them. Yeah, I, I will say that. Now they have great talent like Rodney Gallagher, but from there it's a big drop off. There's not a lot of continuity around them as far as very skill as much as him as there is at McKeesport, as there is at Bell Vernon and Thomas Jefferson, obviously. So, yeah, they're kind of just uh, that middle piece right there. But in the playoffs, but yet not as uh, as great a program as their counterparts. And then, you know, read off their schedule to me right now because I accidentally closed the tab here. Unless you don't have it open. I got it. Uh, they open up here, Connellsville, Southmoreland at home at Brownsville. I think all of those games are definitely winnable for them at Ringgold. You know, this team is a team where you could look at them being, you know, 5-0 and heading into at Bell Vernon. So, I mean, and then they got at Bell Vernon, TJ McKee's board all in a row. So, this is a team where if they get some confidence early in the season, I mean, that could be a benefit for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when they win games right off the bat, that's going to be huge momentum games. Yeah, like you said, you know, Connellsville, that should be a win. Southmoreland, Brownsville, Ringgold, Fordo, West Memphis. Yeah, 5 and heading into Belvern. That'd be huge. Um, and then they got that tough uh, stretch to start October at Belvern, um, host TJ McKeesport. Um, but, but yeah, I, I you know, that that's going to be really interesting to see how much those wins, if they do in fact happen, um, help motivate this team heading into um, that uh, gauntlet that's Belvern and TJ McKeesport waiting for him. And speaking of that team you just mentioned, let's jump into McKeesport a little bit now. Uh, McKeesport, they're one of the teams where last season was really a two-game season, right? At the beginning of the season, that 
20 to nothing loss to Bell Vernon. Then at the end of the season, a 20 to 14 upset at Thomas Jefferson. And you know what? You know, that's a thing that as as tough of a loss in the playoffs as, the, as Plum was, that's something you cannot take away from the McKeesport Tigers. You know, beating Thomas Jefferson in Jefferson Hills doesn't happen that often. You know, I mean, I'm sure you can say that for certain, but, you know, that game, is that going to inspire the McKeesport Tigers to maybe take the next step here in 4A? I know Billy has McKeesport in the top 10 in the state in 4A, um, and that just says a lot about, you know, how good this conference is as far as the top end talent. But, uh, you know, w- what is your opinion on that victory in 2020, and could it give them a little bit of momentum here? Yeah, for sure. Whenever you beat um, the state champion, and that happened to be the state champion's only loss, um, that's definitely a success. I know you lost the next week in the playoffs to Plum. Now, Plum was a very good football team last year. Let's not forget Plum gave it all they had against TJ in the WPIL semifinals as well. Um, looking at last year, though, it was really weird for McKeesport. Now, they came out and they lost 20 nothing to Bell Vernon. Then they rolled against Newcastle. Then they only beat Trinity by three points at McKeesport. Uh, and then they take care of business at Ringgold. Uh, but then against West Mifflin, they only beat West Mifflin by five. Lower Highlands thought they'd roll them, only beat them by 15. And then they beat TJ. Like, it's like, what? Uh, and their schedule this year at uh, non conference is hard. They got a couple 5A schools off the bat. Baldwin 6A. Um, opening the season up then woodland hills that will be a tough game woodland hills is a dark horse in 5a at armstrong should be a win then they have uh canisius new york or however you pronounce that canisius yeah like hey what he said yeah canisius <laughs> new york uh know nothing about them but i'm sure that's a tough game if they're willing to drive all the way to mckeesport pennsylvania um, and then they finally get into their conference play at Trinity, Ringel, West Mifflin. It's uh, easy to start. Um, and then you look starting October 15th when the real season begins at Laurel Highlands, TJ rematch, and at Bell Vernon. Um, definitely doesn't end easy for the Tigers. But they do have a good bit coming back that could make it easy. Looking at quarterback, you know, Caleb Reese, he's a big one. You know, Jamil Perryman's going to be a big part of this team. Bobby Boyd. Um, I'm forgetting someone. It's he's escaping my mind. That's awful. Kanye Thompson. Kanye Thompson. Thank you. He's escaping <laughs> my mind. I knew, that, but yeah, Kanye Thompson. He's going to be a big part as well. Um, now they lost guy. I know Saad Robinson. He's playing at Notre Dame College, not Notre Dame the Fighting Irish, but Notre Dame College, the um, Falcons, at Division Two level. Who are their powerhouse in their own right out of the Mountain East Conference, um, and Terrence Glenn as well. They need to replace him, but I think this McKeesport team, their ranking in the top ten in the state is for good reason. I don't think that um, that ranking is out of left field, you know, surprise. So, um, yeah, I think this season again for McKeesport is going to be a two-game season, and it's going to be um, back-to-back weeks, October 22nd and October 29th. Yeah, basically the whole season is just a preparing for those two games for this team. I mean, you know, and and just to go back to last season, like the offense was not good against lower tier teams last season. I mean, they were able to pull out wins, but that triple option was not as effective until they found their quarterback in Caleb Reist. And that was a big reason why they ended up winning that Thomas Jefferson game was his tenacity in the pocket, his, his ability um, to really just drive through guys to, 
to break through tackles. I mean, Caleb Rice is going to be an offensive threat, especially in the run game. And then, speaking of the run game, you're looking at the guys bringing back. Yes, they lose Asad Robinson. Yes, they lose Terrence Glenn. And Terrence Glenn, I'd argue, is probably the worst of those losses, but just because he has such a unique skill set that they're going to have trouble replacing. But look at the guys that got coming back. Keyshawn Humphreys, Jamil Perryman, Bobby Boyd, and of course, Kanye Thompson. Um, all those kind of wingback roles, those guys that'll beat you on the outside, uh, you know, that's a skill set that you're not going to find anywhere else in this conference. So, you know, just speak a little bit about how this backfield might be a little bit better, even though they lost those two guys. Yeah, um, I don't know if it'll necessarily be better. Um, Terrence Glenn was a very unique individual at that fullback position. I don't know if I'd ever really consider him a fullback, but in their offense, he was. Um, and he, you know, I mean, he would leave people. And Asad Robinson, um, he was a very unique talent. Look, he was a running back there, um, and he's going to college to play wide receiver. But they bring back Connie Thompson. That's going to be huge. Bobby Boyd, Jamil Perryman. Um, this Spikey's Port team's still going to be very good. Now it's just if they can get over um, and being one of the top teams in this conference and beating a TJ again and getting over Thomas – or excuse me, Bell Vernon um, – and winning this conference. Yeah, and you, you have the benefit as well of playing those games at the end of the year. So, you know, losing Terrence Glenn isn't that big of a loss when you've found that guy heading into week nine. So, or week eight, I guess. Um, you know, game nine, week eight. Anyway, uh, you know, McKeesport is definitely going to be in the mix. An exciting team where we're, we're ecstatic that we get to cover them again i mean what what a great football environment covering the tigers um let's jump into now the ringgold rams and you know keeping track of ringgold's like players on social media and their accounts on twitter and everything you wouldn't guess that ringgold is a one in six team right like or one in seven team or one in six team i don't know why i wrote okay anyway i mean they ended up playing burl uh, on October 30th and kind of like a let's just have fun game. But, uh, you know, Ringgold Rams in 2021, do they kind of give off that vibe of Manesson in 2020 where they're going to come in and they're going to have a little bit of a swagger? You know, they have some new athletes, some transfers that give them life a little bit. Uh, you know, could that maybe lead to some on-field success for the Rams here? Listen. <laughs> Listen. The only thing that would help the Ringgold Rams, and listen, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I will, but it, yes, it'll help them, but it's not going to turn around all in one year for Ringgold. And this is a program that's really confused me over my lifetime. You know, when I was growing up and younger until really I got to high school, this was a team, you know, I remember the Law brothers at quarterback, you know, Nico and Quad Law really led this team, and it was really Ringgold and TJ every year in this conference. Um, before, you know, Ringgold, Bell Vernon's kind of took over for Ringgold. Um, you know, Ringgold was always right there in the mix of things for winning WPL championships every year. And I remember Ringgold even beating TJ. Um, but, yeah, this Ringgold team this year, um, you know, they're going to take their beatings again. But, you know, hopefully build the program back up to where it once was. Um, but to answer your question, if they're going to win a lot of games this year, they would need Joe Montana to come back. Um you know, and, and really just sling the ball all over the field for them to uh, win this conference. And uh, I don't see Joe Montana 
coming back to the Mon Valley anytime soon. So, um, yeah, it's going to be another long season um, in Monongahela for uh, the Ringgold Rams. But they got new uniforms, Jeremiah. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's always a positive. So, you know, feel good play. Yeah, it, but yeah, I just, it, it's going to be hard for me to see um, Ringgold. Um, maybe, I don't even know if Ringgold wins a game in this conference. Um, maybe against Trinity or West Mifflin. Um, even that maybe be a long shot. But. Um, yeah, just Ringgold, and like I said, just I'm really confused at what happened to that program because they had so much promise. Um, and there's another quarterback that I'm not thinking of um, that was right after the Law Brothers, and um, you know they had success with him as well. But um, like I said, not sure what's happened with that program, but um, they have really been trying to figure it out the last five years. And. You know, despite you know, gaps in talent, but they do have some experience coming back. I mean, you talk about their leading rusher coming back. You're talking about a transfer in DeAndre Dotson, a quarterback. You're talking about, you know, a wholesale better in the trenches. So, you know, I mean, I'm trying to lighten the mood here as, as Jeremiah just took down basically all of our Ringgold fans listening. Uh, but, yeah, looking at the schedule, they don't have an away game until October. So... I mean, that's exciting, I guess, to get a lot of, you know, nice summer atmospheres at football games at Joe Montana Stadium uh, to see them play, you know. I mean, they could beat Yawk. Um, they're probably not going to beat Elizabeth Forward. They're probably not going to beat South Allegheny. Probably not going to beat Laurel Highlands. But, I mean, getting one win in the first four, at that, at that I'd, I'd be happy with that. You know, compete with a West Midland, compete with a Trinity. Um, you know, that would be a successful season if you're the Rams, for me at least. Uh, any final thoughts here? Yeah, Joe Montana, if you by chance get a hold of this podcast, <laughs> big fan. I was up at Canton a couple weeks ago. Um, your your Canton bust is amazing. I just want to say I have a picture on my phone. Um, follow me on Twitter, at JeremiahMiller0. Um, if you even have Twitter, Joe Montana, best quarterback out of Western Pennsylvania ever. Over Dan Marino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, que- no question. No question. Give me Joe Montana over right. Marino. All right. I was just playing with you there. I wasn't actually serious. <laughs> I was like, he's the only other guy from Western Pennsylvania I've heard of, so I'm just going to say that. Jim Kelly. All right. <laughs> Jim Kelly. Was, I mean, oh, yeah, Jim Kelly true. went to Sharon, so Sharon was WPI. And Johnny Unitas, too. I, I'm new here, Jeremiah. You're hel- you're you're giving me history lessons, hey, so thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, let's jump into now. You know the best team maybe in this conference. We'll I mean we'll see. It's been the best team in this conference for years now. Thomas Jefferson Jaguars defending back to back state champions at the 4A level. Bill Chirpak is a very good coach. Would you agree? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at what, what, what did you expect me to say right there? Yeah, um, yeah, he's pretty good, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, you know, he, he's kind of below below par. No, he, he's he's the greatest coach in WPIL history. Uh, you know, he is up there. He when you think great WPIL coaches, at least in the football, even in any sport, but especially football, uh, Bill Chirpek comes to mind. You know, I think of Bill Chirpek. 
um, Jim Render, Upper St. Clair for years, uh, Bob Palka, West A for years. Now he's trying to rebuild Mount Lebanon program. Um, you know, those are the big three to come to my mind. Um, and Chirpec's still at it, winning state championships and WPIO championships. Um, you know, he just won his ninth WPIO title, um, tying Bob Palco uh, last season. So, um, yeah, in my opinion, he, he's the best coach in WPIO history. You could argue uh, in state history, although there's a guy out um, you know, by the name of uh, Coach Roth in Southern Columbia that would say something different and – um, his resume speaks for himself. But Bill Chirpec, um you heard it here, greatest coach in WPL history. And his ability to um, fill talent that graduate is what you know sets him apart, I'd say. Uh, you know, you lose a guy like Shane Stump two years ago, and you just fill him right up with Jake Pugh, and Jake Pugh was amazing last year yeah, at quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And, you two, know, and two different yeah. style quarterbacks, too, at that. Um, and still sure. to be able to win a state championship with both of them. And another thing that's so impressive to me, going back and bragging on Bill Chirpak so much, he's won in different – like, he's won state championships in different eras. Like, you know, he won those three in the mid-2000s, and now he's winning – he's won back-to-back in late 2010s and 2020. Like, I think that's very impressive, too, for a high school coach. Because you see a lot of coaches that will win a state title. They'll win one or two, um, you know, all at once. And, like, they'll coach for many more years and never get back, let alone win one. But, yeah, Bill Chirpec has gotten back and won two more on top of his three already had. So, um, yeah, that just speaks to um, him, his coaching, and, and the players in uh, Thomas Jefferson School District. Yeah, and he's got, you know, a boatload of talent coming back from last year and even more of a reason to say, hey, he could win another one, right? So, I mean, you look at the guys that got coming back, Connor Murga at running back, Elias Lippincott at running back are going to be Elias Lippincott kind of in the same vein as a Deron Van Bibber uh, last year. A similar type of player could, you know, be that that weapon at both receiver and running back, the, you know, the kind of a tweener a little bit. Um, McLean Flynn, a wide receiver. Uh, Jordan Mayer, a tight end, I think, and also tackle, I think. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's gotten a Boston College offer. Uh, you Kent State commit Nick Bryan on the offensive and def- defensive line. So there is a lot of talent, a lot of depth on this Thomas Jefferson team. Um, and I'm going to ask you straight up, you know, you got the situation at quarterback, but aside from that, is Thomas Jefferson just about as good as last season, just straight out of the gate with all these guys coming back? Yes, but no. Uh, yes, because they return a lot of great talent, a lot of Division One talent, um, great athletes. You know, McLean Flynn, you mentioned, just committed to Pitt Johnstown to play baseball the other day. Um, Jordan Myers getting um, – Power five offers. Boston College is the one you think comes to mind. Nick Bryan just committed um, to Kent State. Um, Connor Murga is probably going to play college ball. Uh, it, yeah, it, the big question for me, though, is who's they going to replace a quarterback? Now, the upside is they made it look pretty easy going from Shane Stump, who um, no one thought Jake Pugh would be able to re- replicate what Shane Stump did. Um, but, yeah, Jake Pugh's walking away with a state championship as a starting quarterback. So, 
Um, I'm sure Bill Chirpek knows who his starter is going to be. Um, if he does it right now, I'm sure he will by the end of tomorrow, um, considering the first scrimmages are this weekend. But um, like I said, he knows what he's doing. He's got nine, nine of them things on his fingers, um, championship <laughs> rings. So he, he knows what he's doing. And um, he'll have this whoever is going to be the quarterback for this team ready. And Jeremiah, how would you like to hear their out-of-conference schedule? Just read out loud. Because <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, you got Clareton, even though that's a scrimmage. Uh, I'll give them credit. That is a scrimmage. But at Gateway on September 3rd, Week 1, South Fayette, uh, those are two tough out-of-conference games. Uh, two 5A teams that are, you know, definitely in the playoffs. Uh, you know, what do you think about the schedule here? Out of conference, and then you got Bell Vernon two weeks later. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what TJ does. I mean, TJ's not afraid to go out and schedule whoever because they're Thomas Jefferson. Um, they're arguably the biggest and baddest brand in WPIL football for good reason. Um, Gateway's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, Gateway was good as it was already. Now they lose Derek Davis. They have Patrick Body Jr. back, the Cincinnati commit. Um, the Birch brothers coming in, um, you know, Brad's coming into his sophomore year and he's got an Oregon offer. Um, so that's going to be tough. South Fayette's always a playoff team and a coach Ross is going to have them ready. Um, uh, and then Bell Vernon, you know, at Bell Vernon at the beach, you know, is this going to be the year for Bell Vernon? We'll find out later when we talk about that and we, um, give our, um, standings here a little bit later. And then McKeesport, that's going to be a big game. It's at McKeesport. McKeesport's definitely going to be confident heading into that game because they beat them last year um, at TJ. So, um, you know, but like I said, Thomas Jefferson, they don't care. They're Thomas Jefferson. They know what they got to do. Bill Chirpak knows what he's got to do. His players know what they got to do. The community knows what they need to do. So, you know, it's easy to speculate, but it's hard to go against Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, and those two, probably the two toughest conference games when you're looking at McKeesport and Bell Vernon. Both of those games are going to be game of the weeks right now as it is. Uh, but, you know, at McKeesport, at Bell Vernon, you got to do, go do your job on the road if you're Thomas Jefferson. Um, they did their job at home partially last year against those two teams, uh, but definitely made up for it in the playoffs beating Mars, beating Plum, beating Aliquippa, beating Oil City, and beating Jersey Shore in Hershey. Uh, you know, just, you know, final question here. You know, the three best teams here in 4A, all top 10 teams in the state are teams from the Whippeal, and two of them are in this conference, and Belvern and Thomas Jefferson, and then Aliquippa. Um, how do those three teams, I mean, there's we're going to get some good playoff matchups out of those three, don't you think? <laughs> like, we are going to get Belvern and Aliquippa e- either, you know, in the championship in a rematch or in a semifinal rematch or Thomas Jefferson Aliquippa in a semifinal. It's going to be fun. <laughs> like, so what are your final thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, it was last year. I mean, Bell Vernon, it looked like they were going to go up to the pit and beat Aliquippa last year for the longest time. Obviously, we know Aliquippa came back. Um, and I was there North Allegheny for the WPL Championship with Thomas Jefferson and Aliquippa, that back-and-forth matchup that was decided in overtime. Uh, one of the best games I've ever been to and definitely the best I've ever covered. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely going to see great playoff matches again. 4A is going to be loaded again. 
especially in the WPIL for great reason. You know, we talked about this conference having three big names. Um, don't forget the Aliquippa Quips are still in this classification as well. Um, and their offensive line is monstrous. So, um, and you know, they have athletes. So, um, yeah, definitely 4A is going to be wild ride again, especially come playoff time. All right, and let's finish up here with the final two teams here in the Big Eight. Let's jump on Trinity a little bit, and they were they had a little bit of a bandwagon last season. Middle of the season, we were talking Trinity maybe sneaking into the playoffs, right? Where they beat Wash High, you know, a great historic blowout. All right, two teams that had not played each other since 1999, I think. Uh, but, you know, they're losing so much talent. You look on the line, you're losing Ethan Turteris. They're losing like Tyson Brophy. You're looking at the running back talent. They're losing both of them. Micah Finley, such a great athletic star. Peyton Thompson as well was his, you know, was 1B running back. They're going to be replacing a lot. You know, they got the Banco brothers back. They got Mason Crayer back. But uh, is it going to be enough where we see Trinity compete for that last playoff spot? No. If Trinity was going to make the playoffs, it was going to be last year. Um, in my opinion, Micah Finley was the best player in our coverage area for like a three-week span. Like he was doing, he was making unbelievable catches, unbelievable plays. Like you know, he was really um, well. Like I said, I think he was the best. I mean, you might disagree. I think he was the best player for a three-week span in our coverage area. You could argue the WPIL. I mean, some of his plays he had should have been on Sports Center's top ten, honestly. I think so. I mean, maybe definitely a two-week span. West Mifflin and Wash High, those two weeks in a row. Mike Finley was everything to Trinity and then they played Belvern in the week after and it did not go so well you could say uh but yeah I mean this team was right up there in the conversation I'm not sure if we're gonna see that this year I'm I'm really I really don't think so because I mean I like Connor Roberts at quarterback I like his connection with Tyshawn Lax on the outside the running back depth concerns me you know Drew Kane a running back he definitely has experience, but I, I'm not sure that they're going to be up there with the Laurel Highlands this season. And maybe we saw some hints of that at the end of last season when they lost uh, to the Mustangs. Uh, you know, but positive Trinity is up there and back reigniting rivalries, and they get to play um, Yawk and Cannon Mack again this season. Uh, what are your impressions of you know those those three teams matching up again? Yeah, you know, I think Trinity's going to win some games. I don't think they're going to just go from, you know, almost playoffs to not winning a single game. They'll still be competitive. But as I said, I just think last year was their chance. They had talent across the board. They had good linemen. Um, and they lost a lot of that. They they had that one team that could got them over the hump, and um, their chances were spoiled because they couldn't get it done against Bell Vernon. And then looking at their schedule here, obviously they open up against Cannon Mac. That'll be our big blockbuster weekend. I think that game is a little bit more interesting uh, than people give credit for. I think Cannon Mac might be, you know, that that's a that's 
a rivalry game. Uh, those that's a game where the kids have played each other, played against each other for a long time, and I think that is an element of that game that might be overlooked. But as far as the rest of the schedule goes, you're looking at uh, six away games, and one of them is against Clearfield uh, in the middle of the season, and then they follow that up with Bell Vernon. Um, that's going to be a difficult two-week stretch early in the season. They got Thomas Jefferson on the road, and then McKeesport right after that at home. That's going to be difficult. Uh, so there are some definite landmines in the schedule. I think they win on the road against Ringgold, compete with Laurel highlands the week before but um you know this is definitely not an easier schedule west allegheny in week one also you know gives me a little bit worries but uh what are your takeaways here yeah that can mac game will be fun i know those two teams haven't played in a while so that'll be a fun rivalry um west day that's gonna be tough gavin miller as i mentioned earlier west day one of the best quarterbacks in the wpio in the state of course, the Auburn baseball commit. Um, I think they should beat Yawk. Thomas Jefferson is going to be tough. Of course, McKeesport, West Mifflin, I think they can win that game possibly. Clearfield, I think that should, could be a win. Don't know too much about Clearfield, but um, I'll still give the, I'll give the advantage to the Hillers. Um, Bell Vernon and Laurel Highlands will be were tough respectively, and then I think they do beat Ringgold. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's not going to be a great year for Trinity, but I don't think it's a bad year necessarily considering what they're up against. Yeah, and there's definitely pieces that you can feel good about, too. I mean, the Banco brothers on the line, I mentioned them before, but they're young and they're also pretty talented. And I think you know, having those guys with another full season of camp, another full season of playing, that gives them you know optimism for the year after. Uh, but, you know, this is a pretty senior-heavy team. I mean, you're looking at a senior quarterback, senior running back, senior receivers, so... Uh, you know, it it we'll see what John Miller does with this group because there's still like like Frazier in the century. There's some there's some holes on this team that uh, we'll see if they end up getting filled and and see if they compete with a Laurel Highlands for a playoff spot or West Mifflin. And so speaking of the Titans, uh, let's talk about the two and four West Mifflin Titans who, you know, looking back on last season, I probably wouldn't tell you that they went two and four. I probably would have said they finished somewhere above that. But, you know, they definitely were underwhelming, especially in that, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, they didn't score a point until that Laurel Highlands game at home that they ended up winning by a touchdown. Uh, what are your initial takeaways here from the Titans losing a guy like Nikai Johnson heading into 2021? Yeah, uh, that's going to be a hard guy to replace. You know, we got Nakai Johnson, who was the pick commit, um, and has a great chance of uh, playing substantial time at defensive end for Pitt this year. Um, and, you know, a lot of controversy right now at West Mifflin with the um, the whole um, transfer scandal, I guess you could call it. You know, there was rumors of West Mifflin not even being eligible for the playoffs if they even made it last year. And I know those are still up in the air this year. Um, and their schedule is not easy. I mean, here's how they start. At Char Valley, I'm pretty sure that's a scrimmage. Am I, am I right by that? Is that? I don't think it okay, is. Okay, well, either way. Okay, so at Char Valley, so. that's going to be a tough one. At South Fayette, I don't think they won that one. Elizabeth Forward, I know they're 3A. I think Elizabeth Forward wins that game. Bell Vernon's going to be tough. At Laurel Highlands. Um, yeah, that is not a tough stretch. And then you got McKeesport, Holidaysburg, and Thomas Jefferson on the last stretch of the month in October. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a rough season for West Mifflin. I mean, they do have only three away games, and 
all of them come in September or earlier. So, I mean, that's positive. I mean, you get those games at home and, you know, a Ringgold and a Trinity is definitely winnable. And you look at some of the experience they're coming back with. They're coming back with their quarterback. They're coming back with the Ogletree brothers and running back. Andre Spencer isn't, you know, he's a reliable downfield threat, I'd say. Um, you know, they have to replace their entire defensive line. And that's probably the biggest drawback for me when I'm looking at West Mifflin and comparing them with the Laurel Highlands or a Trinity and you know, seeing them compete for that last playoff spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team should be wholesale better maybe than last year. Uh, that out of conference schedule is just so tough. I, I question if they're going to have the right mentality coming out of that out of conference schedule where they enter the conference schedule and have a little bit of momentum, but, uh, just straight away. I mean, what are realistic expectations for this team entering 2021 realistic i think realistic they're a below 500 team um i think they could have the possibility of finishing 500 but that's gonna be tough i know they have only three away games but they just they're they're on a down cycle right now they're a good program that's trying to find their way back to the promised land but um they're in the wrong conference to be rebuilding right now just because of how dominant the top tier teams are just as long as they beat Holidaysburg, I will be happy with the West Mifflin Titans. Let's just say that. <laughs> that that's an old hockey go. rivalry. Just beat, just beat Holidaysburg. <laughs> just beat Holidaysburg or Nathan Grello will be extremely upset because that's one more win for the Holidaysburg ti- Tigers that they don't need. So, <laughs> I listen, before, before, you know, I used to be a big hockey State high hockey guy, and for a really long time, Holidaysburg was my Pine Richland, where they were just a team that we couldn't beat, and I and I had the benefit of playing against them too, and they were a team that really just got under our skin a lot. Um, so really learned to develop a special kind of hatred for the Holidaysburg Tigers. I'm sure you have you have teams that um, you feel the same way about playing at, playing at West Green, and maybe even covering those teams too. Yeah, no, I, I still do. I. Yeah, no, I, I'll be honest, I felt that way about California forever. Um, still do a little bit, but I, I, I like the group of guys they have now. Not that I didn't when I played. It just, they all, you know, it's just a rivalry, you know. It, you know, I don't take stuff off the field. I don't even say hatred's the word, you know. You just you find ways to move on, but you still, like, you know, when, when stuff happens, you know, there's a couple of schools. Avella, like, Avella was never, like, great when we played, but Avella was just one team you always liked. We're like, oh, God, I hate playing Avella. Like, because they were just like, like, you knew you were going to win. It was just like, they just, something about Avella, they always, like, ticked you off. Um, yeah, that's, that's all ended there. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So just beat Holidaysburg, West Mifflin. I'll be proud of you. All right, let's get into the conference rankings here now, um, our predictions for this upcoming season. Um, I have a feeling we got the same team at seven. I got Ringgold. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, no John Montana this season, so uh, the Ringgold Rams, number seven. And who do you have in number six? I have the West Mifflin Titans at six, believe it or not. Um, I just, I just think it's going to be a real tough season uh, for West Mifflin this year. Um, the one bright spot, hey Kennywood's right across the street, so get over there before summer's over. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, just for West Mifflin, it's going to be a long season as there are, they're still rebuilding programs. So, um, you know, time will tell where this program is going to go. Short roller coaster tangent. Uh, Steel Curtain's definitely in my top five. You know, so, you know, just saying that straight away. You know, I've, like, li- it's I've great. lived in Western <laughs> Pennsylvania my whole life. Honest opinion, I've never been to Kennywood. Wow. I know. Come on. I, I know. All right. That that's a that's a feature. We're gonna videotape you going on Steel Curtain Absolutely one day. Absolutely not. I, <laughs> no. But anyway, but yeah, I've never been to Kennywood. And not because like I'm afraid of roller coasters. I've just never been to the Kennywood. All right. I got Trinity um at six. And I just think, you know, West Mifflin is bringing back more for me, honestly. I I'd I love to hear your opinion on on that, but like, you know, I just think they're with what they're bringing back and what Trinity is bringing back, I think West Midlands is a better football team. So yeah, well, I uh, disagree. I think Trinity brings back. Uh, I think they bring back more to the table than West Midland in my eye, and I think um, Trinity is going to beat West Midland and Ringgold, and that's all it takes for them to get to the sixth seed. So that's why I have Trinity at five or five, not six, excuse me. But yeah, I have Trinity at five. So basically, the way we slice this division, I'm sure you agree. Like, there are three really good teams. There's three semi bad teams, and then there's one team that's right smack dab in the middle. I have a feeling we have one that's the same team that's right smack dab in the middle. Do you agree that Laurel Highlands is at four in that final playoff spot? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, you know, we said this before the show. I said at least I said there's three top tier teams that we'll get to. Laurel Highlands is right in the middle. Um, and then Ringgold, Trinity, and West Mifflin are the rest. And then who do you have at three? So at three, I have the McKeesport Tigers. Um, you know, I think they're a very talented football team. They're one of the best in the state of Pennsylvania. But uh, right now, I can't put them over Thomas Jefferson. I know they beat them last year. I know they have them at home this year. Um, it's going to be hard to beat the Jaguars back-to-back years. Um, and I just think Bell Vernon's going to do the same thing as last year. Maybe not blow them out and hold it and shut them down, but um, I, I just think Bell Vernon's the team to beat um, this year. Yeah, I mean, I think McKeesport is also at three, but, you know, they're maybe the most dangerous team in this conference. Like, they're a team where you can't, you can't underestimate them at any point. Where if you you like obviously Thomas Jefferson and Bell Vernon are not going to underestimate each other, but you could definitely see a Bell Vernon at the end of the year maybe look you know let down look ahead where they're looking at the playoffs, they're looking at wrapping up a conference championship, and and Bell Vernon ends up losing to McKeesport at the beach. Like that could definitely happen this season. Um, so I think they're still very very dangerous. So you've been teasing this for just about the whole podcast. Who's number one and who's number two for you? I want you to go first. I want you to go first. Okay. I, I got Thomas Jefferson one just because they're, they've proven every single year that they're just a step ahead of Bell Vernon. And every year we convince ourselves that Bell Vernon is there and they end up losing by 21 points. Like that was them last year. And, you know, I, I, Bell Vernon's a very, very good football team. But, you know, until they beat Thomas Jefferson, I'm not going to pick them to beat Thomas Jefferson. Well, as one of my broadcasting heroes once said, Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Oh, boy. This 
is the year of the leopard. You heard it here first. Thomas Jefferson, I praise Bill Chirpeck as much as I did for this reason. Bill, I'm sorry, but this is the year. Matt Humbert, HML, Hail Mighty Leopards, they get over the hump. Not only will they win the Big 8 Conference, Nathan Grella, Devin Whitlock and Quentin Martin will lead this team to a WPIL championship this year. And, yeah, I, I, this is the year for Bill Vernon. And, and basically what I'm going off of, if not this year, it'll be never. Um, and, and I think this is the year. I think, you know, as much as we said how much talent TJ has coming back, uh, Bell Vernon's got way better talent coming back, in my opinion. Um, maybe not in the trenches. I think TJ, you could see having the advantage there. Um, but Devin Whitlock, Quentin Martin coming back. Um, you know, just to name a few, those are the big two, obviously. I just think this is Bell Vernon's year. And like I said, I think Bell Vernon's going to win the WPIL championship. So if anybody from Aliquippa is listening, I'm sorry. Go Quips. Too bad. HML. Heard it here first. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> you, you end the mic drop with the Hail Mighty Leopards, do your job, lay, lay a brick. That's that's how you end it, right there. Clear eyes, full hearts, I- can't lose. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I love I love when uh, Matt Humbert says that at the end of games. It's like my favorite part of going to Bell Vernon games is hearing him say, "Hell, mighty hell, mighty lepers, do your job, lay a brick," and like no breath, nothing, just as fast as he can say it. But yeah, I mean that'll end our our conference rankings. I know we disagree, but um, it, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a very very fun conference to cover because you know you're looking at a ton of great athletes, ton of great coaches, ton of great teams, and what better could what more could you expect or hope for? So, all right, let's finish up the podcast a little bit differently here. In addition to adding the 3A interstate, we also added two more teams that are in the area that we're not going to cover their conferences. But we are going to cover the teams themselves, and we're excited for these two teams because they're close, and we've always wanted to go to these teams' games. They're one of the teams we covered, you know, way more last year. I know you went to the uh, Whitfield Championship game they appeared in, Uh, but we're going to talk about Peters Township, and we're going to talk about Cannon Mac, two teams that we're adding um, to our schedule. Uh, And I think, you know, I think Cannon Mac is a game of the week, maybe not. you know they're they're definitely going to be covered extensively. Uh, I, I yeah they blockbuster. Never mind. Okay, Peters Township though. Let's start it off here with the Indians. Um, made it to the Whitfield Championship, a game that you saw. They ended up getting absolutely blown out by the Pine Ridge Rams. Rams. Um, but you know they had a lot of talent. Corbin Handrew, um, that last second touchdown against Gateway the week before, uh, really the statement of their season. Uh, they bring back not a whole lot on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they're you know very deep. Uh, what are you looking at here from the Indians as far as playing in that absolutely brutal conference in 5A? Yeah, that's the toughest thing. And, yes, yeah, they lost two Division One guys in Corbin Hondrew um, to Miami of Ohio and then Donovan McMillan going to uh, the Swamp in Florida. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I think uh, this might be a hot take, but – Donovan McMillan did not, and it I just is off one game, so take it how you want it. Did not impress me the way I thought he would, being a guy that was a verbal commit to Florida, um, and like one of the best rated safeties in the country. I thought Corbin Hondrew, um, watching that game, you'd have thought Corbin Hondrew had been the Power Five guy, not Donovan McMillan. Uh, but that's nonetheless about last year's team. This year's team. Uh, it's going to be some new faces really leading the way. Um, now, 
uh, Coach T.J. Plack. He's a great coach. He's built this team from the ground up to where they are. Um, I, Peters Township has been really fun to watch. They were fun to watch even though Pine Richland rolled over them um, as Pine Richland hit on their way to a state championship. And what now is um, Eric Kasparovich last season as a head coach there for now. Um, so, you know, and then, of course, everyone knows about that whole saga. But um, looking at their schedule, at Cannon Mac, week one, second game, stupid. Let me reiterate, stupid. Week zero, dumb. Call it week one. Don't do two scrimmages. Dumb. <laughs> but anyway, Fox Chapel, that should be a win, even though the Foxes are on the upcoming this year. Um, Cannon Mac, that's going to be a good one. Rivalry game. Uh, Mount Lebanon, that's going to be a tough one. It's Mount Lebanon in 6A. Uh, Mount Lebanon's a dark horse this year in 6A with Bob Palco. He's really doing something special there. Um, hopefully bringing the Blue Devils back to the promised land like they were for years. You know, they were the team to beat in the old 4A, now 6A conference all those years ago. At Penn Trafford, that's going to be tough. Connellsville, they should get through. Upper St. Clair, that's never an easy game. At St. Clair, uh, the Moon Tigers are going to be good this year. Um, Bethel Park's on the rise. Uh, Max Belongs a WVU commit, a quarterback. West Allegheny, Kevin Miller. Um, like I've said three times already, an Auburn baseball commit in South Fayette. My goodness, this schedule's so tough. Like, we're, like Peters Township's a great team, but, I mean, looking right now, I see only two wins I can give them right off the bat. Like, yeah, like mark them down as W's. The rest of the way is going to be very tough and very brutal for Peters Township. Yeah, they play in the in a conference that's absolutely loaded. Uh, and last season, I mean, the games that they won in conference, you're looking at your Upper St. Clair early in the season, Penn Trafford early in the season, those were close games that could have gone either way, right? So you're losing a lot of experience, and all those teams end up getting better over the offseason, and Peters Township maybe taking a step back. So you're looking at a Peter Township team that you know could be the middle of pack of this at the of this division, right? Or if they're if they're not at the top, they're definitely in the middle of the pack. And you're looking at an Upper St. Clair team that I know a lot of our contemporaries are very, very, very high on. Absolutely, uh, you know, I'm high. I'm, Penn I'm Trafford very high on Upper too. St. Clair. Not interrupting, but Upper St. Clair. Um, they held their own against teams last year, and they took their beatings. They were a very young team. I know they're losing their starting quarterback. But very young team, and they're going to be good this year. I think this. I think Upper St. Clair is a dark horse to win five A. I'm pretty high on the Panthers. I I always have like had a had a soft spot in my heart for Upper St. Clair. I don't know why, but yeah, you you saw them in Peters Township. Didn't like they didn't blow out a lot of teams last year. Maybe you know forty five seven at Bethel Park. But Bethel Park's going to be a better team. So, like, the Peters Township could be one of the bigger enigmas of 5A. Like, are we going to see this same team, you know, really rise up and see a lot of those younger players? I mean, look at their look at their depth chart. It's all seniors, like, except for one guy. So, I mean, this team, it could be a very... It could be very interesting. If those guys who were juniors last year take huge steps as seniors, they could be competing for another Whitfield championship, and if they don't, they'll be middle of the pack in, in 5A. So, All right, uh, that just about wraps up Peters Township. Now let's jump into 6A into a team that I'm very, very excited to talk about, the Cannon Mac Big Macs, and they went 3-3 three and three last year, but it 
did it feel like three and three to you? Because to me, it felt like they. I mean, for a team that has been perennial like basement dweller in six A, I mean, going three and three felt like a lot more to me than it did, you know, any other team. What do you think about Cannon Mac last year? Well, yeah, I mean, the game that jumps out to you, especially how that this team we're going to mention finished twenty four seventeen against Mount Lebanon last year. Um, especially we look how Mount Lebanon finished, and a lot of people are very high on Mount Lebanon this year. Um, they got a couple of Division One guys. Joey Daniels, a quarterback, um, you know, as one guy I mentioned of, I seen he was ranked number sixteen on um, KDKA twenty two the points um, top twenty two list. Um, so everyone's really high on them. Um, and then you know, handled business against Hempfield and Norwin, who I think are the two bottom teams in 6A again this year, although a lot of people are high on Norwin, or excuse me, high on Hempfield this year. But, yeah, 3-3 three three for Kane and Mack last year at 6A. I don't think anybody saw that coming. So that was definitely a a, a good season for Kane and Mack. And I know you've, you've been very high on Mount Lebanon this whole podcast, and you just mentioned you're high on Hempfield. Uh is Canamac one of those teams where you maybe look at them and they take the next step in 6A and maybe even, you know, they enter that, you know, four-team playoff out of the out of 6A? Yeah, it's going to be tough because Mount Lebanon's very good. I don't think I'd see Canamac beating Mount Lebanon again. But right there with Hempfield again, that could be the decider right there. Um, and then they got to beat Seneca Valley too because I think it's going to be tough to beat Central Catholic, who's the defending 6A champs, and they're going to be very good again. Uh, Mount Lebanon's going to return a lot, um, and North Allegheny's always good. You know, they got um, always have talent across the board. Um, I know they've graduated a lot. You know, Khalil Dink or um, excuse me, uh, Doc is last year. Uh, no, I think it was Dink. I can't remember. That's awesome. It is Khalil Dinkins. Yeah, Khalil Dinkins. I didn't think it, it didn't sound right, but yeah, Khalil Dinkins, the Penn State commit. Um, you know, his dad was a former pro um, in the NFL, a tight end, but. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that's going to be tough for them. So they're going to have to win. They're going to have to beat Hemfield and Seneca Valley. But um, definitely possible this year for Canada, for sure. And I think they got the weapons, too. They got a dynamite quarterback in Deuce Lyons coming back, um, a good running back in Ryan Angott. He's going to have weapons all over the board to work with. But really, a standout is going to be that defense. You know, coming back with just a ton of experience, that's going to be a benefit for them, too. Uh, and then the final benefit, you got North Allegheny and you got Central Catholic. Now, I'm not going to go out and say they're going to beat these teams, but they got them both two out of the three last weeks of the year at home. So you know, take it as you will. Those could be two very, very important games for them as a program. And it can and Mac heading into that game there, they should have a winning record. So, you know, is the sky the limit when you're entering those three, those last three games against those two teams? Yeah. I mean, it definitely could be, especially because you looked at beat Mount Levin at home last year. And that was early in the season, but still you think that'll, um, come to play when you see those teams late in the season. Canamac plays better at home. Um, they could pull one of those games away. They're, I think they're in the playoffs, so um, those will be big games down the stretch for the Canamac Millen Big Macs. 
All right, and that'll just about wrap up us talking of some 6A football. So definitely exciting two teams that we're going to cover extensively coming up this season. All right, that'll just about wrap up this podcast, breaking down 4A. Jeremiah, any final thoughts before we head into, uh, you know, we we got scrimmages uh, this Saturday. Uh, they're going to be over by the time they get, this gets posted. Uh, but, you know, just give me some of your thoughts, how excited you are that the season's about to start. This is our final, you know, your preview of the conferences. Just what, what are your expectations? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings heading into um, scrimmages and then the beginning of week zero? Yeah, I'm super pumped up for week zero, um, as much as I hate that name. Uh, but, no, I'm really excited. You know, get the football's finally back. This is the greatest time of the year, in my opinion. Um, and I'd say a lot of our listeners, and I know you yourself, will probably agree with that. I'm really excited going, you know, new places. You know, I'm looking forward to Blockbuster Weekend um, and the games we're going to see. And last thing I got to say about this podcast, HML. Hell, Mighty Leopards, do your job. Lay a brick. All right, that is... That just about wraps it up. You can go follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at PA Backyard. It's the same for all of them. You can look us up, Backyard Football Podcast, on. You can go on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbay, just about anywhere you find podcasts, you'll find this podcast. You can also check out PA Football News. They do a lot of great stuff for us, a lot of great opportunities. That's where I find all our articles, previews, recaps, pictures, anything you want. It's on PA Football News. Uh, you can go check us out on Patreon. Help support the support the podcast. Uh, help us do great stuff all season as well. You can go check out some of the merch on Teespring. You can get a cool sweatshirt with that Interstate 79 logo. Um, anything else I am forgetting, Jeremiah? Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Yeah, I did forget that. Yeah, uh, at gosh, Nathan Grella. Come on. Yeah, and at Jeremiah Miller <laughs> Zero. Uh, make sure you follow PA Backyard Football as well and PA Football News as well. Um, they're, you know, they're the big reason this operation is a go. Um, you know, shout out to Billy um, for um, having us on basically as, you know, you know, letting us do what we do and have a little twist on what PA Football News does. Um, so, yeah, big shout out to him and uh, everything he does. And make sure you go out and check out PA Football News, number one source for all high school football in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this podcast before August 25th, um, the night of August 25th, Billy Splane will be hosting his first podcast of the state of PA football. Uh, I think it's going to be at 7 p.m., so go to the PA football news site. Go check that out. Go support that. He's going to be talking about the entire state high school football-wise, previewing week zero. That's going to be a fun event, so go check that out as well. Aside from that, this has been the Backyard PA Football Podcast, and we will see you next time when we are previewing the Blockbuster opening weekend we are going to cover, and the entirety of the Week Zero matchups, hopefully with our other co-host, Carter Newcomb. So that'll be exciting. Jeremiah, this has been the Backyard PA Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Miller. And we will see you guys next time. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. Check out some merch on Teespring. 
thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.